Hi everyone, Lizzie Jack here. Before we get into this episode of We Are UOW, a disclaimer that Jamie and Mick's story does mention mental illness and suicide. Listener discretion is advised. If you or anyone you know needs help, you can contact Lifeline's 24-7 service on 13 11 14. You can also contact UOW's 24-hour student wellbeing support line on 1300-036-149. Now to the episode. What do you imagine when you think about university? Maybe it's sleepless nights in the library or the journey to your dream job. Maybe it was, or will be, your first time out of home, or something you thought you'd never do. No matter your experience or expectations, there is one thing we all share. I'm Lizzie Jack, and this is We Are UOW, a podcast by the University of Wollongong, where we explore the lifelong connections made on the UOW campus, from friends, to mentors, to marriages. Episode three, Jamie and Mick. So I'm Jamie Beveridge. I'm the Executive Director of Indigenous Strategy at UOW. I'm Mick Bainbridge, uh, former student and now solicitor in Wollongong. Jamie and Mick have led very different career paths. Jamie first came to university at 24 years old to study a Bachelor of Arts, while Mick went straight from high school into the Defence Force, where he stayed until age 30. Despite these differences, they have much more in common than they originally thought. And we talk about our kids and our sons are both named Mace or Mason and there was all these little commonalities and... I just found, and I still do, that there's this comfort that we have where we just talk and there's no agendas and um, it's pure. Jamie and Mick both started uni with young kids. Both their sons are called Mason. They both come from an Indigenous background and were both in the midst of a healing journey. The pair had a shared goal to rewrite the narrative and help others do the same. This is the story of staff and student and their budding friendship that stemmed from late-night conversations and juggling family commitments. It was around 2001 when Jamie enrolled at the University of Wollongong through the Indigenous Admissions Program. She was the first in her family to go to university, and her first hurdle was just getting through the boom gates. I'd recently become a young single mum and absolutely wanted to turn um, my family's narrative around. So decided to come in to UOW to trial um, through the alternative admissions program. So I drove in in my little Corolla hatchback with my then two-year-old daughter in the back and got to the old boom gates at the front and was ready to reverse out. Thought I'd never been on a campus before. I was the first in my entire family to probably walk on a campus, um, but to actually enrol in university. It was only that there was a big ass truck behind me um, where I couldn't actually reverse out. That truck may have been a blessing, 
Not only did Jamie complete her undergraduate degree in sociology and Aboriginal studies, she came back to UOW to study her master's. What was it like for you deciding to come to university, being the first in your family? I knew that I made that decision very consciously. Um, You know, I was born to a black teenage mum with mental health, so um, I knew that I didn't want to recreate that again. So I went into child protection and housing and homelessness. So I spent, um, you know, my learned years as an educated black woman, you know, working in the spaces again, trying to make difference. And um, so my life, I think, would have been very different had I have not um, come to you, completely different. I would have just been another um, repeat of my of my family. My experience here definitely um, was centred around what was then called the Aboriginal Education Centre. was murdered while I was at university so that was very much the the piece that kept me um, away from my family in their mourning um, but also kept me centred and focused and so being on campus um, was somewhere that I felt safe um, and I wanted to recreate that for other students. Jamie became involved in community consultation and review of the centre now known as Wulyunga Indigenous Centre. And then from the review um, and community consultation, it became apparent that there was going to be a director role. So I applied and here I am. The once 24-year-old who tried to back out of the gates on her first day is now the Executive Director of Indigenous Strategy at the University of Wollongong and the Director of Wulyunga Indigenous Centre, sometimes known as WIC. WIC is a centre dedicated to providing programs, services and facilities to support Indigenous students throughout university from enrolment to graduation. It's where she met Mick. I'm Mick Bainbridge, former student and now solicitor in Wollongong. The day after completing his HSC, Mick headed off to join the infantry, where he spent 14 years in defence. He spent 12 of those years in the Special Forces as a Green Beret Commando, completing four tours to Afghanistan and one to East Timor. He came back with physical injuries to his back and, like many returned servicemen and women, psychological injuries, debilitating PTSD and depression. Uh, I think I was just worn out and um, uh, I was, you know, at the time being discharged from defence and I was struggling probably with three things in my life, which were probably my injuries first and foremost, trying to understand or better understand myself. A a loss of career, which, you know, I devoted um, pretty much every, every birthday, Christmas, holiday, everything to that job and you would go away for sometimes months at a time and not have contact with home. And the last thing was probably a big a big part of it was my sense of identity. I was around 30, I think, 31 or something. And I struggled coming to terms with that even because in my last job I'd just, I'd, it's such a strange thing to say out aloud, but I just thought I'd be dead by 30. I'd lost a lot of mates and it really took me a lot to to comprehend that I'd lived past 30. It's, it's super weird to say it, but that was the reality I lived in. I just accepted that that was how it was going to go.
being injured physically, I was unable to go and pick up a trade like building or, or carpentry, which I probably uh, still am a bit envious of. I, 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 you know, um, I've always loved that sort of stuff. Mick's hope was to move into a training role that would fit with his injuries. But when he looked for support, the system essentially told him go back to Afghanistan or leave the army. I think defence as a whole is well, can be a pretty fantastic organisation to work in. They have, you know, amazing policies, and um, but the problem is that at, at the at the end where that policy has to be implemented, people often don't understand it, or or it's too complex for them to interpret to to apply it to a circumstance that when it's required to help someone. And I was on the the the, the bad end of of that experience with defence. This injustice gave Mick the push to want to change the narrative and help those going through the same things he went through. So I started applying at university and and same as Jamie found their university access program and did a, a summer stint over over the Christmas break and I had to get tutors and I was definitely a fish out of water when it came to school because um, most of my work had been fairly fairly physical and intense and, you know, this was just a totally different um, approach to, to everything. Do you remember the first day that you got to uni? Um, I, <laughs> I probably dressed like a typical army jerk coming out, like short hair, um, button-up shirt, jeans and a pair of steppers, um, sort of dress shoes and uh, every other kid sort of just was pretty cas, so... Um, yeah, it was a pretty intimidating experience. I've done a lot of weird stuff. I've lived with warlords. I've been in lots of gunfights. Um, but coming into uni was one of those things I'll, I'll probably always remember as a real challenge to my own my own you know, um, position in terms of being brave to step in and, and just have a go. So that, and I was also behind on all the technology. So if it wasn't for the young friends that I made at uni that really helped me through, um, I probably wouldn't have got there. <laughs> I liked law, um, Maybe because I'd been in so many nations that um, where there was no legal system and access to justice for people, and in a strange way, we were making judgment calls that facilitated that entire system in in one decision point. Um, and I was always fascinated how that law worked and how lucky we were here back in Australia to have a system that you know it's not perfect, um, but but it is one of the better systems in in the world, and we're very fortunate to have that. So. Plus, I'm terrible at maths, so I couldn't do engineering. <laughs> Mick was this um, elusive character that everybody spoke about, but I had not actually crossed paths with him when I first came in because he was doing these night all-nighters. So I remember so clearly coming in, you know, maybe 7 o'clock in the morning and Mick scaring me because he'd done an all-nighter. 
And I was like, oh, he does exist. This guy does exist. And then he would come into my office and kind of just stand up against the, the door. And there was always a war that Mick was fighting, whether for your claim. And But he'd come to my door and the, he'd lean up against the door and he'd stay there for a few seconds and then he'd come in. And But he was at, the most vulnerable and calm and it was raw and it was real stuff. It, and he kind of left all the fighting at the door. The pair's friendship started pretty casually. They talked about their kids, their sons, both called Mason, and Jamie could empathise with Mick coming into university through Wool Younger as a young parent. Most nights I was there between <laughs> sort of afternoon to one or two or sometimes three or four in the morning, so it was probably an instrumental facility for me to be able to get what I needed to get done because if I was at home I'd be there feeding kids and trying to read and study and do notes and when you're learning everything it's it's a really hard position to be in and I was always envious of some of the younger kids that came through uni because their lives seemed so simplistic compared to what I was trying to achieve um, and I had to keep up all those those marks and study performance in order for veteran affairs to help me along the way so Meeting someone like Jamie at Wuyunga was really instrumental in me being able to have someone to, I guess, vent probably those issues. And, and being a mum herself, I think, yeah, it was just a really nice, reassuring uh, discussion I always got from Jamie because I knew that it, was, you know, it gets easier as your kids get older. I think that that was a lie now because <laughs> I don't think it's gotten any easier, but, um, but it certainly helped me through. When you have all of the traumas that's happening outside, you could come into campus and everything stands still. So you don't have to deal with family commitments or child commitments. You shut off and especially at WIC, it's such a safe space for our mob. So, you know, for Mick to be there till three, four, five in the morning um, and be there by himself and, and everyone know it and expect that. And it was, for me, um, you know, it was definitely somewhere where I could go and I loved recreating that, uh, you know, for students as well, where they could go and switch off and just study, just be students. Jamie could see Mick quietly achieving at Wuyunga. Their friendship blossomed slowly, then all at once. And I just noticed how comfortable Mick was in the space. And then I, he just flippantly said, oh, they've done an Australian story about me. Hello, I'm Ben Quilty. Tonight's story is about a mate of mine, former commando Mick Bainbridge, who I met and made paintings about when I was the official Australian war artist. And ha 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 and kind of walked down the hallway and I was like, what the hell? And so, you know, I said, let's do a premiere and have the other students. And he was like, no, no, that's that's not my thing. And so I watched it and, um, and it was completely not the Mick that I knew and because we didn't talk about that stuff and but then it made us have conversations about you know some of the content that was disclosed in the story and so I saw these two really diverse sides and um, but what I initially met was this gentle calm you know authentic um, warrior that wasn't fighting any wars. And how long do you think it took you to open up to Jamie after Australian Story? I often forget that I've really even 
done it. You know, it's one of those things that, yeah, um, I was terrified doing it because I wasn't sure how the story would come out. You don't know what the final product is. I think they did a great job. Uh, and Kent Gordon, who was the executive producer, I'm still friends with today. Like I, I have a really close friendship with him. I, at the time, was probably desperately, in a way, trying to manage all of those issues I had with defence. And I was fighting with Veterans Affairs at the time to get access to my entitlements. And I was really trying to, I guess, immerse myself in a new a new setting and leave all of that behind me. Not forget it, like I, I deal with all of it, you know what I mean? Um, but really just to not be Mick Bainbridge veteran, but be Mick Bainbridge father of two, you know, and, and get on with that part of my life. So there's always an element to me when I meet people, I guess there's a lot online and I think I always get concerned that people will judge me off that persona online and not who I am. So Jamie and I became really good friends and, yeah, then I guess she saw it and you see a different... It was a really different existence, so it was super weird. It, it actually feels a little bit out of body nowadays when I think back on what I was actually doing and um, where I was living and, you know, what we were achieving. The episode followed Mick's journey, transitioning out of the army and into a University of Wollongong law degree. In 2017, Mick received the Jack Goldring Memorial Scholarship, a prestigious award given to high-achieving law students with a commitment to social justice. He also became the youngest member to be elected to the Council of the New South Wales RSL to help create change from within. Fast forward a few years, Mick is now a director at Operational Legal, a veteran-owned legal service based in Wollongong that assists returned service people with a range of legal and non-legal matters. I've got another business partner, Paul James. He's a veteran and ex-police officer as well, so we do a, a fairly broad range of practice. You know, we support a lot of people coming out of defence um, who might have injuries or are going up against pretty... Uh, militarised sort of views on things and, and we're helping them get out and get access to uh, their veteran entitlements. Um, we look after ex-police officers, uh, ambulance members and, um, and fireys. Yeah, we're trying to, to change um, a lot of the narrative and it hasn't been growth in terms of a normal law firm where you open your doors and you, you do that commoditised mums and dads sort of practice. Um, we've really looked at a niche area and I, I don't think there's anyone else really um, doing what we're doing. We've got about 15 matters at the moment before the, um, the Royal Commission into Veteran Suicide at the moment and, and various other jobs on. So, And we're, we're really trying to shape the space in terms of defence industry. Jamie, you said that Mick was this kind of elusive mystery pulling all-nighters, you've seen him get the Jack Goldring scholarship and now directing his own law firm. How do you think your friendship has changed over the years? So I guess Mick would come in and, you know, there was the whole, some challenges that he we were trying to navigate and um, so it was kind of transactional. But then once he, I felt like once um, we'd kind of navigated or exhausted all of those avenues, it changed it, it, 
took a complete shift because I think he trusted me as well. Um, and then it became, you know, completely different and it wasn't that student staff. It was definitely, you know, something deeper and yeah, it, w- it was no longer transactional. It was fun and it was light and, um, but it was also serious and, you know, you talk about, you know, what was happening at home and the kids and, you know, so yeah, it was, it's been a colourful and quite varied relationship that's gone from a staff-student relationship into what we have now. We can go months without talking. We'll send random texts and then as soon as we catch up, it's just giggles and um, but then deep again and we go through these waves of deep and light and serious and, yeah. I just felt like Jamie understood me you know, um, and like she said, like with the battles, I just felt in total that Jamie got it and, yeah, um, there was no, I think either you, you click or you don't, right? Yeah. That's the, yeah. So, yeah, um, and I hope, yeah, I hope we keep catching up and I think we'll always be mates. And how do you think UOW has helped foster the friendship that you've managed to create? Um, I think it's just a safe, neutral space. I think for me personally, it was a really good insulation from what I'd experienced in the in the ten years prior, and just allowed me to be, you know, relaxed and comfortable and dress how I want and come in and hang out and go to the coffee shop and. It's like a bubble, right? Yeah. The pair's relationship has grown from strength to strength since their will younger days. They've supported each other through years of change as staff and student, friends and professional mentors. When Mick was talking about starting up his business and because I've got a business degree, so we were, you know, talking about what that could look like and, you know, he was shooting off some ideas and then, you know, we'd, you know, mull over that for a while and... So that was still when he was a student, though, and then evolving into Mick's recently done my wheels on a personal um, level. But looking as Mick develops his, you know, career in this space, you know, how he can work with our students and our future lawyers and build on that as well. I'd like to see students come through us and, and engage and understand, in particular law students, understand what, what they may want to do in law before they finish their degree because there are, I think, nearly 7,000 graduates every year and um, very few of them go to practice and fewer remain in practice. So if they can see what it really is all about, then they may be able to early on intervene and better suit their long-term needs. How does it feel for you both to sort of look back at, at where you were before and where you are now and your connection to the University of Wollongong and Wollonga Indigenous Centre? Yeah, look, I've always had um, a deep connection to UOW. So as a UOW student and then the student representative on the council and, you know, I took the first team to the national games for UOW, the Indigenous Games for UOW and, you know, I have some really strong connections and networks in the Aboriginal community that were formed in here. Um, You know, then as a graduate, I'd come in and do guest lectures and do alumni industry panels and, you know, my daughter and kids did dancing through here, so cultural dancing. So I've always had a connection, um, which I think when the position was being created was my chance to give back and seeing people like Mick and knowing that that space was created and maintained 
for them to succeed um, and be safe is you know exactly what you know I'm, I'm all about. I think uni has really given me the opportunity to recreate. It's a, really a second opportunity at life, um, the way I see it. It's allowed me to recover from my injuries and and progress and move into another career. It would be quite blissful at times to take my, my wall pension and and go fishing most days like, like some mates of mine, but I think that it's given me an opportunity to set a, a good example for my kids and I hope that they grow up and see that I've you know, in one job reached the top, you know, half a percent of, of the Defence Force uh, in Special Forces and then in this job I, I intend to, to try and do the same but I, I know I've got another, you know, 20 or so years of learning ahead of me that never stops. The Finishing the degree was really just the, the uh, a friend of mine, he calls it the, um, the race to the start line. There's always pathways to, to uni and I think the uni has, um, you know, fantastic opportunities for people looking to rebuild and I know it's hard. Um, I think we both did it with fairly strong adversity in our lives to, to come to that point. I was well assisted by Veteran Affairs and, and if it wasn't for them helping me, I, I wouldn't be where I am now. And I'd say to any veteran or any person looking to change something, the, the key to everything I think in our lives is education. And that's certainly what I want for my kids. Um, so I'll always promote that. They can do a hell of a lot more with education than, than anything else. And I echo that for any single mums or mums that are wanting to change or, you know, um, women that are wanting to advance and make change in different spaces and be change agents, that absolutely education is the key. Um, and for our mob, you know, our students being afforded a safe space on campus where, you know, they can come and, you know, avoid or, um, you know, separate the, the family and whatever's happening outside and come into the bubble, um, you know, it's, it's an amazing opportunity and it's available. And don't undersell yourself. Like those life skills are such a valuable part of where I am now as a solicitor. And like I said, I'm still learning, but those life skills put me 10 yards ahead of you know, any lawyer that hasn't lived before they've studied and, and become educated. We Are UOW is brought to you by the University of Wollongong. This episode was produced by myself, Lizzie Jack, with help from Grace Golash. Thank you so much to Jamie Beveridge and Mick Bainbridge for sharing their story. If you want to watch Mick's episode of Australian Story, you can Google When the War is Over Australian Story or find it at abc.net.au forward slash ausstory forward slash Mick hyphen Bainbridge. We love to hear about the connections made at University of Wollongong. If you have a story you think is worth sharing, email us at weareuow at uow.edu.au. Or you can share your stories online with the hashtag WeAreUOW. Next time on WeAreUOW, some young schoolmates spend their childhood skating, surfing and playing music in their garages in Thoreau. They come to study at UOW together and decide Wollongong needs a better live music scene. So they start organising some gigs. Heaps of people came. 
and we, we, we kind of messed up absolutely everything. The PA nearly exploded. Mm. None of the bands were going to play. There yeah. was a line like 50 miles long for, for the yeah. toilet. Um, everything, everything went wrong, but we kind of came out of it going, oh my God, like we need to do that better and prove that, prove that we can yeah. do it, it can be good and it could work. That's next time. Thanks for listening. <laughs>